Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsonar. The... The co-host. Well, you're a host as well. So I guess we're co-hosts, aren't we? I guess. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works, right? Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Stan. What's up, my man? Doing well, doing well. Good, good, good. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad you guys are with us today on Black Republican, Black Democrat. Uh, it's a... Uh, um, Kind of mild kind of day. What's it about? 75, 77? It's 74, according to my Apple Watch. Okay, something like that, right? Yes, yeah, it's just pretty nice outdoors. Pretty That's nice outdoors. Beautiful outside. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's a really nice day, but it was kind of cool earlier. If the weather could stay like this nine months out of the year, I'd be okay with it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. It's just, it's so beautiful. It is beautiful. So beautiful. So we've got, a, there's a big pink elephant in the room. Pink elephant? Yeah, yeah. And it started Thursday night. Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're talking football? Yeah, well, you know, she loves football. So, and you know who? I'm totally in the dark. I don't even know who won. Oh. Really? Do, you no. didn't watch it either? No. Oh my God! What 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 land are you guys in? Yes, the Patriots. My were... Patriots lost to the Chiefs. Well, that's good. No, it that's is good for them. It is good. It is good. And and you and I had uh, both chose uh, your Patriots last Saturday, and we both now look like idiots. Tom Brady, they got smashed. Goes to show what you two know about the NFL, huh? I know. You know what? And I'm, you know, listening. And all my homeboys and people that know me, especially from the Cave fan, they, you know, they they usually know that Jamar from Brooklyn Park that usually on it. And I picked the Patriots. I wanted to pick the Chiefs, but I didn't think that they would do it. Silly me. I didn't think they were going to do it either. That's, that's the whole point. I mean, the Chiefs are like, they're good, but they're not Tom Brady level good. You know, but they have a really good defense. And Alex... Uh, and Julian Edelman's gone. Well, Yeah, but t- Tom still can do it without... I mean, ha- not having Gronk would be something different, but... But uh, Edelman's kind of his guy. Yeah, no, he is. He is. He is. It's his guy. He is. He is. He is. He is. We got a jam-packed show today. We do. We do, and a really good show, too, because today we're going to cover... out Like we do every week, we're going to cover both local and um, national news. We're going to have Professor... Uh, David uh, Schultz from Hamlin. That's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's why you're my co-host. <laughs> and we're going to have on Raul Reyes of MSNBC to talk immigration with t- uh, Trump's um, uh, remanding of uh, DACA. Yeah, DACA was was, was um, something that was a headline for a while. Other than us still having our hearts in mind with the people that are going through um, the, the hurricane that's already smashed into. Um, Florida, yeah. Flo- but it, it hit, uh, what did it hit first? The Virgin Islands. Hit the Virgin Islands it hit first. The Caribbean. Yeah, and... that's my family. My family's from the Caribbean originally, so. Really? They got, technically my family got hit double, I guess, because I got family in the Caribbean, and then I've got family in Florida. Okay. So. See, oh, really? You got a, like a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so. But I don't think it necessarily hit as bad in Fort or in the Caribbean where my family's from because they're more towards South America. So my I have family in Trinidad, and then I've got family in Guyana. So they didn't get hit necessarily by the hurricane, but there was like an offshoot storm that was just kind of 
freakish that yeah. like knocks stuff down. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's what hit them down there. Again, our hearts and minds are seriously with those people that are experiencing this. You know, I mean, I for one believe in global warming, and I think that this is, um, to me, um, some sure tell tell tell, tell t- signs of it when you're having these type of historic type of wait so uh, you're telling me that the hurricane isn't trump's fault like some celebrities on uh in uh, hollywood say no this one we can't blame on them this one we can't blame wait, on them can we blame it on god then for like I, I, for you know it what? being a human uh, for teaching americans humility well or or would do what some republicans say they uh i can't remember the pastor the national pastor that said that this is uh god punishing homosexuals you know, you know, so got silliness. You got silliness all over the place that people say all type of silly things. No, this is just man made, and I think that we do got to look at. Well, I mean, it's what not man made. Well, I think it is caused. I mean, not man made. You're right. I think it's caused, caused by you know what man does with the pollutants and the different things that we put in the air. I think that that is part of the reason why we have these historic hurricanes and things of that nature. You know what I mean? Probably. I, I do. I, I mean, do. I don't think we can ever really know for sure like how things happen in like a real-time experience in terms of like a historically based storm tracking just because we've been tracking storms since the 1800s i mean yeah but we didn't have the technology that we have now but what i'm saying is that we've been tracking storms since 18 (laughs) stan (laughs) sorry He's putting things on my monitor right now. Um, but we've only been tracking storms since the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's, more. A, she's a little distracted now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This should be TV, guys, and not radio. The perks of it being radio is I don't have to wear makeup if I don't want to. You come in here all glammed up. I mean, you've been busy today. You've been all over the different the, the airwaves today. I've been on so the media tour today. That's you've right. been on a media tour today, you know. And uh, I think that's what I'm saying. That's why we got today. We got the perfect guests because we got guys that know their stuff. Okay, especially locally because now most Republicans are at a tizzy, and we've got to um, make sure we say right what happened. And so that's why we got th- this great mind coming on after the break. Yes, we do, uh, Professor Schultz. Schultz, excuse me, to tell us um, to, to di- differentiate. Um, what happened? Because some of us call it a win, and that's why I have it on Facebook in the parentheses, or excuse me, quotation marks, win. Because it's not really a win. They just basically said it's none of our business. Go mediate. We're not going to remove your powers because then we'd be violating the three branches of government. So we're not going to remove your power to veto, you know, line item veto. We're not going to say you're wrong either. Either of you are wrong. But we literally cannot get into it because we're violating the powers. And honestly, if they were to make a decision and the other side wasn't happy about it, you know they'd come and sue the branch, that the judicial branch for violating the branches of government there. And then to talk uh, DACA and um, what Trump decided to do, we got Raul Reyes of MSNBC, as I said uh, earlier, uh, and that is now a burning hot topic because it does affect a lot of uh uh dreamers it does there are 6300 dreamers here in minnesota six thousand of them here six thousand plus as you say here and so they are they have reason to to be afraid a majority of them do live here in the twin cities i believe it's 
48% live in That's a lot. Uh, Ramsey County, and then it's like 45, I think, live in Hennepin County. That's a lot. And so that, again, that's, that affects this decision will affect um, a lot of people. And so I think that we've got to get it right. Congress has got to get it right. And I, I don't know um, where Trump thought he was leading um, with kicking the can down the road, continue uh, to kick the can down the road. And I think that um, we that's why Raul could come on and give us his thought because this thing is, is far from done. And I don't think the next, I do, but you know, I don't think it'll take six months. I think it'll, it could take six hours if these dudes sit down, put partisanship aside, here's egos the, aside, and get it done right. I'm going to drop this, and then I'm going to drop this statement, and then I'm going to answer your rebuttal here. Word. I think Trump was right to do what he did. Oh, my God, no. But I'm going to explain it when we have Raul on. You're, okay. you're not going to think I'm crazy once I explain it. But you're right. They could get a lot done in Washington if they put partisanship aside. That's what they did in the 1960s. That's what they did 40, 50 years ago. They disagreed so on they little things. They did in things. the 80s and the 90s. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, seriously. Yeah. You look at the 80s and the Well, we had a Democratic president um, produce a, a budget, you know, surplus. So we got things done. And he had both. Um, a, he had to deal with both. A Democrat, or excuse me, Republican House and Senate, so it can be done. We just got dudes have got to just put the egos aside and, on and both sides. Do, oh, I said dudes, both of them on both well, sides. We just got to put ladies. the egos there's aside. And there too. That's right. All of them have just got to put egos aside <laughs> and get the work done. So uh, we'll be back in a minute. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Black Republican Black Democrat. I'm your host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsadar. Welcome, Priya. Yeah, I'm answering a question here on our one of our posts here because somebody wants to know where to find us. Oh, we got, we got, now we got cards we could show you and you should find us. And you also can call us in at 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. You can find us on TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com and Twin Cities News Talk. 1130 AM and 103.5 and the iHeartRadio app. We have our own channel. So when you download our free iHeart app and uh, down, uh, uh, enter Black Republican, Black Democrat, bam, there we go. And you can follow us and you'll get updates every time a new show comes on. That's right. There it is. That's right. So we can uh, uh, um, be found right there, right? Yes, we can. And yeah. on the line right now, we have Hamlin prof- uh, political science professor David Schultz. Professor Schultz, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you on this beautiful day? I am doing well. You're right. It is a beautiful day. How are you, professor? I'm doing great. I got out for a walk. I took a nap out in the backyard. All the great things you're supposed to do. Oh, I'm so jealous. Well, I just want to say lucky you. I mean, I worked today and Priya worked today earlier before we came in. And then we, now we got this job to do. So, you know, no rest for the weary. Amen. So I think there's a lot on people's mind, especially with this ruling that came down on Friday, I believe, um, with the Minnesota Supreme Court basically saying that they ruled in favor of Governor Dayton. 
but not really. Can you kind of just walk our listeners through a little bit about this case? And Sure. Let me sort of set the context here. It was in the end of the session going into special session where the legislature sent a budget bill, uh, several bills um, to the governor. The governor did not like something in it, and what he decided to do was to line item veto. Uh, by line item veto, that is, he basically zeroed out an appropriation for the legislature to be able to pay itself and to basically stay in business. Sent to the legislature the memo with it saying, "Here's what I want changed. Um, if you guys want your salary, if you want to be paid, here's what. You, um, here is what I want before it'll happen." Legislature sued him. Legislature won in Ramsey County District Court, where the district court said that the governor violated the Minnesota Constitution's separation of powers clause, and the case went up to the Minnesota Supreme Court. And I will say, this was the strangest decision I have ever read, um, ever coming out of the Minnesota Supreme Court. Right. First says that the governor's veto is constitutional, and then the next paragraph it says, but that doesn't end the story, and talks about how the people in Minnesota have a right to a functioning legislature, then it says that the governor and the legislature should go into mediation. That's... What I'll tell you what I think this decision really means is that the Supreme Court in Minnesota decided they didn't want to decide the case, and it punted. It just punted it. There's no real decision here, um, and I think what they're hoping is that the legislature and the governor will eventually figure out what to do uh, before the Supreme Court has to decide it. But it's an incoherent decision uh, at best. Now, that's exactly what I was going to say, uh, Professor. You kind of described a little soliloquy earlier. Um, but I think Republicans are into a tizzy, but the fact is, is the governor did have the right to do it. I think that they say that he was uh, he pitching a hissy fit. But he didn't have the right. He, he didn't have the right to zero out the budget for the legislature. But he does. Isn't that correct, uh, Professor? That's what we don't know yet. Um, I, <laughs> see, I, I, the Ramsey County District Court said no, and the the Minnesota Supreme Court didn't overrule the um, um, Ramsey County District Court. Now, and, and so from a constitutional or legal perspective, the court still hasn't told us how to reconcile the ability of the governor to do line-item vetoes with the state clause that says that we shall have a functioning legislature. And that's, and that's the part, that, again, that's perplexing here. Uh, now, what I'm concerned about here is the fact and I, is that not just in terms of could the governor potentially zero out the legislature, but let's say down the line, and, and the court asked about this question. They said, well, what if a future governor didn't like a Supreme Court decision? Could they basically take away the funding from the Supreme Court? And that's a, that's a worry also. And, and what happened here is the Minnesota Supreme Court, in this, in this sort of non-decision decision, didn't address those problems. You took away my next question, Professor. That's my next thing. Doesn't okay now. Does what Governor Dayton d did does that set a new precedent for the? Obviously, he's not running for a re-election. So, does that set precedent for the next governor, whether it be uh, Democrat or Republican, male or female, uh, for them to, in a sense, if they're mad at the opposing party, to say, okay, well, since I don't like the budget or the bill that you bring me, I will not fund you. Is that does that set new precedents? Sort of looks like that based upon what this decision did. Again, assuming this is an actual decision, but yes, if you look at the literal language here, it sort of says that a future governor would have the ability to say, 
I don't like Democrats or I don't like Republicans, um, and I'm just going to retaliate against them by, by cutting off their funding, or I don't like the fact that the some district court judge issued some kind of court decision I don't like. How about push it even further? What if the governor doesn't like the fact that a, a jury decision comes in on a court case and says, well, what I'm going to do is now take away funding from for the courts because I don't like that jury decision. This case potentially sets that precedent to do that. But again, we still don't know um, exactly you know, what this decision really says. And that's why I still view it as a decision where the court more or less punted. So if... if um, now so... If the if the next decision, if the court if mediation doesn't work, so now are we left with a situation where um, what situation are we left with? Where because now, as you said, they they kicked the can down the road. So now we're they're saying that the governor's decision was uh, constitutional, but it wasn't. So what where are we left at? I mean, because now if not, if mediation doesn't didn't work, uh, well they didn't really mediate the first time, but if it didn't work during the session the first time. How do we know that there has to be a decision uh, coming out of mediation? We don't, and that's the issue at this point, is that what if both the governor and the legislature decide to say, well, we're just going to sit tight. We think we can eventually win um, if this case has to go back to the Minnesota Supreme Court. And there's enough language, by the way, in that opinion to suggest to, to both sides that they might win. And what if both sides just sort of sit tight and say, we're just going to let it go the way it is, um, and we'll, we'll take our chances with the court. I think that's a possibility, although a lot of times people say that the best time for people to negotiate when the future is uncertain. And so I think we're going to see a game of chicken being played here. Mm-hmm. Both sides, the legislature and the governor, are saying that they're willing to, to mediate, and I think they had to say that. But whether or not they're willing to give and negotiate, I don't know. One possibility that I see is think about the Republicans, for example. They might say at some point, well, heck, uh, if the governor wants to take away our funding, fine, take away our funding. We're just not going to meet next legislative session, mm. or we're not going to pass anything. And so if the governor wants a bonding bill, we're not going to pass it. If the governor wants any of these other changes, we're not going to pass it. We're just not going to meet. We're going to show up on the first day and then adjourn and, and, let the, and sit tight until the elections. I can see that as a possibility, too. Now, I was sitting in the leg- that last week of the legislature there, um, legislative session, and watching all of this play out. Um, in real I didn't, time. Yeah, I didn't go home. Uh, mm-hmm. And so my question for you, you spec- mentioned, and this had been mentioned, um, you know, kind of between conversations with other reporters, um, is this possibility that they might not show up next legislative cycle. But a lot of people don't realize as well, and maybe you can give some insight into this as well, is that the governor does have some form of an executive uh, power, authority to just executive, or I'm losing my train of thought here all of a sudden. Um, What is it that Trump does all the time? (laughs) Oh, decision, executive. uh, uh, Executive orders. Executive orders, sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's been a long day. Um, you know, the, the governor does have an executive, the power for executive orders, um, in some situations. Could we also see this play out if the, if House Republicans decide not to show up? Yeah, the governor does have some, some authority to do certain things. But what the governor doesn't have the authority to do is to appropriate money. And if we think about it, part of why he lied item vetoed the legislature is he was concerned that not enough, not enough money was being spent on early childhood education, K-12, through and I think a few other things. 
So if they decided not to come back or they decided not to be, cooperate, the governor on his own can't um, come up with that money himself. He can't make significant sort of shifts around in his own his own budget to do those things. And so he's at the mercy of, of the legislature in terms of its decision to um, to appropriate or not or, or, or not appropriate initially. And so I think that becomes one of the concerns that he has to think about here down the line is to what extent might the legislature just shut down and say, we're just not going to do anything that you want and give you any money that you want. And yeah, you can do a couple small things with executive orders, but you're not going to get more money. All right, we're about to head out for a break and here in a few uh, minutes here. But tell us real quick where people can find you. I know you do uh, write a blog on occasion um, about politics here in Minnesota. So tell people where they can find you besides being a professor at Hamlin. Okay. If you go to Schultz's Take Blogspot, uh, I have a blog there that I do just about every week on sort of all things political. So again, it's Schultz's Take Blogspot, and you'll find it and hope you enjoy it. Yeah, Professor, you we can uh, call on your brilliant mind uh, every now and then. Is that correct? You can call on me whether the mind is brilliant. <laughs> I, I leave that to others to decide. I appreciate that, but thank you, Professor. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. No problem. Man, I mean, sister, you need guys like that. And see, again, we're, we're, we're just stuck. We're, even a guy like that couldn't figure it out. So we're, well, we're in trouble. I mean, I've read a lot of Supreme Court cases through college, reading through this one now. And, you know, we're about to head out for a break here. But um, it was just really interesting to see how they were very eloquent in saying, I'm not making a decision at all. Both of you are correct. We don't want to deal with this. Go away. A lot of Deal with it yourself. Can. A lot of kicking the can down the road. And we'll talk about that more kicking the can down the road on the other side of the break on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Okay, hold on. Go ahead. Ready? How? How? I mean, it sounds familiar. Was it a movie, too? I what love movie? Thank you. Rocky. When he lost, when when Man, when Apollo really makes lost, me feel old. <laughs> and I'm not old. When Apollo <laughs> lost to the Russian, can I honestly say that I haven't seen Rocky? Ooh. Oh my goodness! I probably have seen oh. Rocky when I That's was like. That's American. I yep. probably saw Rocky when I was much much younger. I don't American. remember it. The though. Godfather of Soul. <laughs> James Brown. James Brown. <laughs> 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 That's this, and I had this, this is such an appropriate song for our next guest and our next topic of living in America. Seriously, because again, um, Donald Trump is kicked the can down the road. Uh, he's done what he's accused President Obama of doing when he said that Obama administration didn't make a decision on it. Well, he didn't either. And here's my thing. He did make the decision. He didn't. He says, if you don't, I'm going to let Congress do it, which is what, uh, which is what President Obama asked the same thing of Congress, okay, and had a bill that they but didn't like. But now he's forcing, now he's for, and this is where. It, it, it won't work. And this is where I'm saying that I think President Trump was right. Because oh, please. Everybody is pussyfooting around. And this. so is he. If you, I would but like to have re- heard. You I, have to remember that the. I would have liked to have heard what he wanted us to, uh, what he wants Congress to do, though. is not a rule-making authority. Oh, that is really, up. this guy says he is. So did President Obama. Oh, he I'm did just gonna, not. He did not. Raul, he issued a lot of executive orders. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, welcome to the show. Our main man, our our, our man on the streets from MSNBC, Raul Reyes. How are you, Raul? Hey there. I'm doing good. How are you all? Oh, not too bad. I'm good. I, you knew exactly who that was, correct, Raul? 
Well, actually, I did, but you know, I'm a little older than, than Priya, I think. That's okay. That's okay. Say, no, seriously, round. Um, I would have liked to have seen. Uh, I would like to seen Trump uh, lead. I would have liked to him to hear him say uh, what he expects Congress to do. He didn't offer any leadership on uh, on remanding DACA. Not not caring about saying he has a lot of heart doesn't uh, mean anything when you have now even 6,000 plus here immigrants here that are afraid. I, I mean, what's the word, Ron? Well, you know what? You know, the, the legal term, I, I, I guess the legal term for, for, in my opinion, for what Trump is doing is uh, we could call it passing the buck. Passing because, the buck. Because here, here's the deal. This all went down because uh, some states got together and said, if you don't do something about DACA by uh, September 5th, which was, I guess, Tuesday, we're going to sue the administration. But that was just a date they just picked, I don't know, because they just randomly chose it. It wasn't like uh, a real deadline it was just a deadline that they chose to say if you don't do this we're going to file a lawsuit right. there was no lawsuit even you know in in the works as we all know like when you file like say a court challenge to something it can go mm-hmm. on for weeks it drags on there's all this you know maneuvering that goes on so the thing that was very strange to me is that Donald Trump, you know, the, part of the reason he got elected is because a, a lot of Americans think that he was going to be a great negotiator and he, he, you know, he was a businessman. But he got this letter from the state's attorneys general and just caved. They said, and the programmer will sue you. And so he, he just kind of gave up. And I mean, you know, I know that it, maybe not everyone wants the program or it's controversial or whatever, but I contrast with, with Obama, <clears throat> You know, when, when some of the states, well, actually half the states, 26 states, sued Obama over the Affordable Care Act, and he fought it all the way to the Supreme Court, and he won because it was something he believed in, and he said, okay, let's, let's go to court. Let's fight it out. And, right. But with Trump, it didn't even get to the lawsuit. It was just like a threat, and then he said, okay, forget it. I'll, I'll, I'll end DACA. And, you know, I, I can understand this. You know, I, with some of my legal background, I can stand, but I can understand both sides generally of the, of the issues i can understand both sides i might not you know of course i'm on a certain side but i can understand argu- mm-hmm. arguments pro and con on, right. on on most including this issue and it it was frustrating for me because a lot of the the when jeff sessions made his announcement which even that to me was sort of a cop-out i mean if you're going to end daca or give it to congress just own it you know right. just, yeah. just right. out. this is a major announcement just come out and you know own it and that's part of being a leader too. Sometimes you do things that are maybe that are unpopular. Sometimes you do things that you know you'll get pushback on. So to me, that alone was a cop out. But the thing was, the arguments that they've offered up in terms of why they don't want DACA, why they, why they, you know, why they're going to potentially end it, were not real arguments. Like for example, Jeff Sessions himself on Tuesday talking and making his announcement, he says that DACA is an unconstitutional program, so it has to end. But the only people who can decide if DACA is unconstitutional is the Supreme Court. That's and right. DACA, DACA That's has right. never gone to the Supreme Court. That's right. A, a different executive action did with totally different facts, but that's not DACA. And, and there actually have been two real lawsuits against DACA. One was in D.C. Circuit Court and one was in the Fifth Circuit Court, which is a, a very conservative part of the country. Both of them were just thrown out. So for him to say, like, well, it's unconstitutional, that actually is not true. So I, I saw some dishonesty in the way they just presented their reasons for not wanting it. And to me, I think, look, 
if you don't want DACA, just say, I don't want DACA That's because right. A, B, and C, you know, for these policy reasons or for these factual reasons, but, but that's not what they did. So it's, it's, it's hard to see it. You know, it was, um, you know, also Jeff Sessions, I remember when he made his announcement, he called it, uh, executive amnesty. And wow. the thing is, w- with DACA, it's not amnesty. No. It's, it's, it's temporary. You don't get citizenship. You don't get even legal status. The and if you, you get, get caught, you get, you get thrown out. Yeah, yeah, if you do anything wrong, yeah. Yeah, it's... Basically, the only thing that DACA gives you is if, if, if you, you know, if you, if, it's, if you apply and you're approved, it says you go to, the, like, the back of the line for deportation. So no one is going to deport you during that time. But it's, that's a big difference. You know, just saying you're low priority is a big difference from, you know, having citizenship or having a green card or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't about that. So the, to me, there was a lot of dishonesty in the way that they, they just presented it. And that, to me, shows that even they understand that maybe their reasons for wanting to end it are, are, are not that great or are very unpopular because I saw a poll, uh, now this was from Politico, and this is a poll of Trump voters. So we're not just talking Republicans, this is Trump voters. 75% of Trump voters want to keep DACA. Right. So, I mean, why are they doing this? You know, it's, it's sort of a confusing thing to me, but it's, it's, it's also real sad for these young people who are just doing their thing and trying to live like all the rest of us. No doubt about it. And when you think about it, I, you always hear disingenuousness from uh, the Republicans. Number one, when we think about the fact that uh, President Obama deported the most immigrants to, uh, under any president, right? And then right. secondly, is it, it, here's my thing. To hear that it's unconstitutional, to me, it just flies in the face. When we know that executive order is constitutional, and it was constitutional, and that's why, because Congress kicked the can down the road, was the only reason why the President Obama had to uh, even enact the executive order. So I just think that uh, Republicans need to think before they act. And I think that, as I said earlier, Priya and I, uh, beginning of the show, excuse me, both parties need to sit down and get something done. Put partisanship aside, egos aside, but and get something we're done. we're already seeing that. I mean, right after that announcement was made, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham and a Democratic senator, I'm blanking out on his name right now, um, they came together. They already have the bill ready to go. Yes, but I don't think that Congress, I don't think that the president really wants to do anything actually, on he, immigration. But right? actually he is. I mean, he met with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and said, guys, we're going to work with you to get DACA. He struck a deal with the Democrats and blamed it on the Republicans. But to my, and, and this is something that I was uh, talking, and please correct me if you think I'm wrong, Raul, here. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually think it was a good thing that President Trump did. Because like President Obama said when he passed the executive order on DACA, it wasn't permanent. It's temporary, and there's a lot of indecision there. And... Rulemaking belongs to Congress. There's no such thing as temporary in Washington. By saying that there's a six-month hold, we're not going to do anything, but then we're going to start kicking people off, that gives Congress a deadline, and it says, look, this is on you. You don't fix it. You don't pass the law and make it legal law of the land. This is on you come 2018. Uh, People. Right. right. Well, I, I, I understand your argument. And, and to a certain extent, like, say, 
in the theoretical sense, like I actually would agree, like say in a perfect world, right. ideally Congress would <laughs> right. make all our laws. Right. But I mean, not just this Congress, but every Congress, there are points where they don't. And, and presidents step in and take executive action and issue executive orders on different things. In fact, Donald Trump himself uh, in January, he issued a, a very significant executive order on immigration, yep. which re- removed all of the Obama-era priorities. But that puts like now basically anyone who's undocumented at risk for for deportation, and Republicans didn't complain about that. So I so I hear you that, and I agree that you know ideally yes, the function of lawmaking should be in Congress, but that's in theory, that's in principle, and you know we all live in the real world. Yeah. So I see what what Trump is doing. I hopefully, I mean, uh, I, I I I like to be hopeful. Hopefully, Congress will do something. The president. Not any, no president can force Congress to do something, yeah. and this Congress is going to be already kind of overwhelmed with you know the money for Irma, the money for mm-hmm. Harvey, all, all sorts of other things. And in the meantime, who's like the political football being kicked around is is these these, these young people, and and I, I've met a lot of them. And and you know by by definition, you either have to be in school or working, you know, be basically a good person, have your act together. They're doing things like, you know, they're teachers, or they're, some of them work in law enforcement, some of them are first responders, and, I mean, they're very productive members of society. So uh, when, when people talk about, you know, the lawmaking function here and executive orders, I, I generally agree with all that because that is the law, but that we also have reality on the ground. That six months is going to go so fast Around November, December, Congress does nothing because of the holidays, and all of a sudden, those people could be potentially just having their lives destroyed. And, and the thing is, Donald Trump didn't even have to do anything. He could have just—he could have told Congress, he could have put pressure on them every single week to do it, but, but without you know paying attention to this, uh, just the threat of a lawsuit. Uh, and, and also, uh, it, it was good to see some Republicans coming out, like. Um, Jeff Flake, yep. um, John McCain, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Ryan, um, some some of the House Republicans from Florida, they're they're you know coming out and saying that they they think he, they disagree with the decision. They think that Congress should fix DACA and save it. But unfortunately, you know, there's almost 300 Republican members of Congress. I think we've heard from about like somewhere between maybe 12 and 15. not enough. So that's the the reality, you know. It's I mean, it is great that some voices do speak out. You know, I I salute them because it's politically risky sometimes for them. But hey, that's hey, Ra, not you, who's controlling the Republican Congress? We got a few more questions for you on the side of the break. The, uh, uh, let's stay close here. Well, uh, and ask Rob the other questions on the other side yeah. of the break. This is Black Republican back Democrat, uh, Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Black Republican, Black Democrat. Welcome back. I'm Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsadar. Oh, Priya. I'm not even going to give you the trivia question on this one. Welcome back. <laughs> You'll get this when you get home. We've got our man, Raul Reyes of MSNBC. Uh, and a few more phone calls. Just hold on for us, guys. Raul, what do you see being done? It, realistically, well, what I, what I hope uh, gets done is that I, I, I do hope Congress does something and is able to pass the hopeful part of me uh, uh, hopes that Congress will enact something, pass something, because, like Priya mentioned, that would be a permanent solution, and we wouldn't have to go through this, you know, say mm-hmm. every time the, pres- or the administration changed yeah. or, or every few years. So that's like 
the the best solution. Worst case scenario, you know, Congress is pretty. This Congress is just dysfunctional in 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 general. So the worst case scenario is, you know, on on March sixth, we'll start seeing some of these uh, young people, uh, be, you know, being at at risk for deportation. And the thing is, I know a lot of people think like, well, they're not really going to deport them because you know they're they're medical students or they're or they're you know they're valedictorians and all that. But but the fact is, you know, in this Trump administration, according to their own reports, now this is not like any advocacy or anything like that. Uh, this is their own data from Department of Homeland Security. Um, the arrest of non-criminals, uh, what they call non-criminal undocumented uh, aliens, meaning people who they're, they haven't committed any crime mm-hmm. other than they're here uh, uh, without authorization, that's up 150%. Wow. So the, these dreamers are going to be very much at risk for, for deportation. And remember, because they, they trusted the government and they, they so badly wanted to contribute and li- you know participate in our society, they gave the government, they told them, it's almost like filling out a tax return. You have to say, like, where you live, um, where, where you work, um, who you live with, all this personal information that potentially ICE could use to come to their house and, and, and knock on the door in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, for, just for what it's worth, I, I, I really do believe, I mean, we, we sort of take the Affordable Care for granted now because it's, you know, it's the law of the land and it's here. But remember, mm-hmm. there were some times where it was really not a done deal, but Obama pushed it through. Uh, you know, because he believed in it. You know, for better or worse, he was willing to do it. Not everyone agreed with him, but you know, right. he was he was for it, and he he did it. When President Trump was on his way back from Paris, you know, he specifically said, talked about how he was conflicted about this whole thing with the Dreamers, and that on one hand, he he loved the kids, and he said, you know, he wanted to show them great heart. He specifically said, I will decide this, because a lot of people That's were right. saying he's too That's much right. influence. He said, this will be my decision. Mm-hmm. I would decide it, decide this. And so for now, to kind of throw it over to Congress, it creates a lot of confusion for the people whose lives whose lives are, are at, at risk. And then even since Tuesday, he put out another tweet saying, if Congress doesn't do something, maybe I'll revisit it. Yeah. So in a way, that's even worse because it's, I mean, I guess he's trying to show them that he still cares, but it's so much uncertainty. It's now you think like, well, what the hell should we do? That's right. That's right. Confusion. Welcome confusion. to the Trump administration. Stop yeah. it. No, this Stop is, it. This is just a ball of confusion. No, for real. No, I mean, that's why I called on you, my man, uh, Raul, because, you know, you uh, keep our nose to the beat and, you know, um, are so informative. And then you, you, your lawyer background is, is incredibly comes in at hand, too. So No, and you've Thank definitely... You. Um, uh, the difference here is I'm 23, and so <laughs> I haven't experienced the dirty dirty side of politics yet, so right. you keep me in check. So uh, where can people uh, find you? When are you going to be on MSNBC next? Um, next few days is probably all just, uh, to be honest, just like Irma and storm coverage, but during, definitely by next weekend because we kick off uh, it's Hispanic Heritage Month starting next weekend, so, so sometime on MS- MSNBC then. Well, Everyone, you know where to find Raul. He is on Twitter. Definitely can find him on there. And he will be on MSNBC hopefully next weekend. So That's right. Thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. And when you're thank on you MSNBC and you're on with Joy, give us a little cheesy shout-out, won't you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks, Raul. Man, let's get to these calls. Robert, how are you, Robert? I am fine. Um, I wish Raul was still on because I think there was some information that was not totally about uh, you know what we there's not enough time you know what i mean honestly we uh try to squeeze in you guys and our guests at the same time <laughs> um 
President Obama did not have the authority. In fact, before he even did the executive order, he said multiple times that he did not have the authority to do it, yet he did it anyway. The executive order is, is, it is constitutional. He does not have the right to pass laws. Pass laws is clearly in the Constitution that that is what Congress is for. What's an executive order? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. He passed a law. Okay. By executive order or not, he superseded the Constitution and his rights. Now, I like DACA. I think we we need to do something about these children that were brought here. Yes. But President Obama also put in a retirement date on DACA, and nobody is talking about that. That was clearly in what he, his executive order. So now, in six months, that date comes up, and DACA is no longer a, a executive order law. It seems that we've lost Robert, unfortunately. Michael. Uh. Michael, thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, you can. Great. I wish your guest was still on, but uh, I think this move by Trump is uh, pretty crafty because I think really what it'll uh, it it really will expose Congress because nothing is going to happen. We've had this for decades. Decades. Right. And. The Democrats have benefited by allowing people to come in here. They get a voter base. I think both parties have, not not just Democrats. Republicans can benefit because they can appease their business masters to exploit these people. And I think people in the country here are really tired of this game that keeps getting played. And you have this oligarchy in Washington where it doesn't really impact them. Now, the other aspect is we talk about the poor kids. You know, it is a tr- it is sad and tragic, but these parents are the ones that are responsible for this. Mm-hmm. They brought the kids in here. We didn't drag people across the border, and I'm tired of hearing. But they're looking for a new opportunity. But they're not necessarily, though, Michael. And thanks for the call, bro. We uh, got a few more calls on the way. But no, honestly, Mike, that's not necessarily true. Is these are people looking for an opportunity? So, Chuck, what 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 say you, Chuck? Chuck. Okay. Sorry about that. No, I mean, I don't think that they're uh, uh, looking for cash. And, Mike, please listen to our podcast and call us back next week, man. I, I don't think that they're here looking for cash. And I, I, I kind of resent hearing that these are people looking for a real opportunity. And this is why they came to the land of opportunity. And I think that we have to worry about these kids. Now, we can't come up. We can't keep saying things and not having plans to come up with it. We need a comprehensive immigration plan. That's no, no doubt about it. And I, I, I think that. We have to include uh, something um, that works for both Republicans and Democrats. But we have to be compassionate about these kids. Because to keep saying that they steal the jobs, that the Americans don't work, that's crap. Or to say that they steal the jobs from minorities, that's crap, too. I just think that we need to be serious about trying to uh, reform immigration. I wouldn't completely dismiss um, our last caller's claims that there are people that do come to this country for uh Looking for free handouts because a, because I've seen it firsthand. I have seen it firsthand. I can tell you that it exists within my own family. Compared to their country, though, I mean, I guess, I mean, I yeah, I see it yeah. but firsthand. And if my own family members can sit there and do it, what's stopping other people from doing? I'm and I'm telling you, but this, most don't. You know that most 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 immigrants don't. Most I'm, immigrants don't. 
Yeah. We're going to have to discuss this we'll in the, the post. We'll talk post about it on the podcast. Here. Make sure you guys listen to the post show podcast. Priya, thanks for it. Thanks for being here. You look. You you go home and rest after the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to us, Stan. Thanks for being there for Thank us. Thank you, Stan. No People, we appreciate you guys listening to it each and every week. This is I'm your host Jamar Nelson, and I'm Priya Samsadar. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat. Check us out next weekend and on the post show podcast. Bye. Bye.